0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jan Vertonghen with a something
1: for And he waits right at the last. Vanilla! Scared in by Alderweireld. And he saved it! Hugo Lloris. Vertonghen captain delivers when his team really needed it. Eriksen just been brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen. Gabriela to finish Arsenal off. the no song. Oh. And David Luiz Oh that's outstanding Young men's son Gets it back to double A How's that for making your mark on your debut? Since the days of Huddle and And maybe the best of all time Wraps it for Tottenham Standing performance from Lucas Moore It's another Derby Day goal for Harry Kane and Tottenham Come the hour Come up the man for Tottenham I cannot believe it! Tottenham Hotspur heading to the Champions League final! Glory, glory, Tondham Hotspur! Hello
2: and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs, second show of the week. I'm asking myself why we are recording on the back of a game. To forget, again, you'll never want to remember, but we are here to talk about it and look ahead to the huge North London derby to come against Arsenal on Sunday and... I've got to make you laugh. Whilst I was doing the running order for the show this morning, we had the Amazon trailer break, which kind of, in a way, could steer this show into a completely different direction. So there's so much to talk about and helping me dissect the next hour and a bit. I'm delighted to have back on this show with me, Jamie from the Daily Hotspur.
3: Apart Hot from being a Spurs fan, just about all right. Firstly, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, we really appreciate that you've you you know, you've given us a chance to listen to to kind of what we've got to say, you know, for ourselves and and you know, I'm sure yourselves. Very, very difficult one to kind of get through. Obviously, that Bournemouth performance was pretty horrible. But um, look, you know, we've got two fantastic guests on today. And obviously, we're going to try our best to kind of dissect what went wrong and then try and be constructive about it. Because I'm sure, you know, there's a lot we're going to want to get off our chests. But we also, we want to do it in a constructive way. You know, we all want to hear some positives. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to this one.
2: And to be fair, like I say, if we can find positives from that Bournemouth performance, and God, we're doing very, very well. Now, as Jamie mentioned there, two guests back on the show, one returning, one a debut. So pleased to welcome back onto the show the brilliant Georgia Killia, He's back on the last one on Spurs. George, how are you?
4: Hey, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm not happy to be talking about Spurs, but, you know, <laughs> I think uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the other guys have got to obviously say of everything that's going on. And there's, yeah, like you said, so many talking points. <laughs> I
2: mean, I, I did joke in our internal WhatsApp chat that we could change to a golf podcast. But to be fair, I think I don't know how much knowledge we'd have on that. So it is Tottenham we're having to talk about. And finally, last but not least, delighted to have this guy making his debut. We've got Rosca joining us. Rosca, how are you?
5: Yes, I'm very good. Very good. Actually excited to be making my debut because I've been listening for a while. And it's like, for me, this is like therapy. But now I'm actually the, the therapist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So this is fun. This is fun for me. I'm excited. Very excited. You
2: know what's funny, Roska? We say about therapists, we might need some diff- different kind of drugs to kind of try and channel this energy that we've got at the moment and 100%. how we are towards this football club because, my God... I don't think alcohol will be doing it at the moment, if it's put in that lightly. So, as you said, lots to talk about in this next hour or so. So let's get straight into it. I mean, Jay, I will start with you, because to be fair, in this last three, four weeks, you've been one of the men to say that, you know, with Mourinho, you're trying to see a plan coming together. You're willing to give him time. But I think if you're being really generous, you could say Spurs, we've improved defensively since the restart. But even then, against this Bournemouth team, Mm. we relied on a slight hand from King. And a great save by Hugo Lloris to keep yeah. a clean sheet. And beyond that, you know, there were very, very few positives from a really abject display. How did you see the game at the Vitality?
3: I have always stuck up for Jose Mourinho and I've always come up with positives. But after that performance, it, you know, I, I really can't take any positives from it. Um, they're just, yeah. Um, look, I know we kept a clean sheet and fantastic that we have sort of improved defensively. But it's 19th place Bournemouth. You know, they, they've been a side that I haven't won, lost five of the last games. So they're a side that really it was absolutely no excuses to go and beat. Uh, we had to go and beat them and we didn't. Um, look, you know, I can say, you know, we've, we've known that we've needed this rebuild for such a long time. You know, it's a, it's a squad that's gone completely stale. And, you know, a lot of this blame play, has to go on the, the playing squad. But, you know, at the same time, you look at that, but that performance against Bournemouth, just no one really looked as though they had a clue what, was, what, what the plan was. There really seemed to be very little plan. You know, you can understand maybe the players not performing, but there was also, you know, they just didn't, you didn't know what, what the plan was. That was the really difficult thing for me. You know, I, I tried to stay positive and find the positives. You know, I'm a Spurs fan and I really want to get behind whoever's in charge. Um, and that's what I always do. I try to look for the positives. But unfortunately, from that game, you know, it's, it, it was a very difficult and, you know, we really have to expect better from Jose um, and, and the players as well. So it was a very very difficult watch i mean the the lack of possession that we had i mean that is just that's unforgivable it was really embarrassing um the way we just looked there you no know, seeing seeing harry kane playing almost as a holding midfielder you know it's, it, it's frustrating and you know i've got i've got people telling me that they'd rather now start mason greenwood ahead of harry kane at the euros and it, it just shows you that harry kane is being completely wasted Heung-Min son completely wasted. Undon Ballet, completely wasted. Look, we, we know we need to give them, hope, maybe give them a summer um, to try and sort this squad out. Look, I'm, I totally understand that there are serious issues in this squad. I've always said that. But that performance against Bournemouth was very, very concerning.
2: George, before I come round to you, we've got a load of listener questions in. I have to kind of read these out. Some of the statements, David Ellis says, I think we all had a faint hope when Mourinho was announced that the last year at United was somehow a big blip while deep-dumb knowing it wasn't. He has nothing, no ability to inspire, no ability to get players to play for him, no system, no ideas, no hope. Can the panel help? One fed-up commuter says, I want to know why Spurs fans weren't consulted by the government when they thought getting Premier League football back would boost the country's morale. I mean, George. Wanna come round here because you know, Spurs, we didn't have a single shot on target in hundred and four minutes against a side who had conceded nine goals in their last two games. We had seven attacking players used against the team that started the day second from bottom. It's a team that have kept the fewest clean sheets in the league and had lost seventeen out of their last twenty two games. I mean, how did you see that game? Up at the Vitality, George.
4: Well, also, the maddest stat that I saw after as well was that the last team to not have a shot on target against them was Middlesbrough back in 2015 in the Championship. And to say that Spurs is a team that was in the Champions League final what, 13 months ago to now not even getting a shot on target against what was second from bottom in the Premier League is, is actually disgraceful. And uh, it's, it's, it just seems to be a weird pattern now since the restart. And like I'm, I'm, I agree with pretty much everything that Jamie just said because... That I saw it exactly the same way. There just didn't seem to be like a plan going forward. And the fact that Kane had to just drop back behind Sissoko, because if you looked at like the average position map of that game, it, you, Kane was behind Sissoko and Lamella for, for, for the whole thing. Um, and when he has to do that, just to even touch the ball, kind of just goes to show how poor the service was throughout the whole game. And it just throughout it, I saw anytime Lamella or Lo I love, but the game yesterday, I thought he was poor. In that first half. Anytime either of those two got towards the edge of the area in an attacking move, they kind of just crapped themselves and, and didn't know what to do. They, they lost possession so many times because um, they couldn't either find Kane or they didn't even have a shot. If you see Man United when they played against Bournemouth, Greenwood, Marshall, Rashford, every single one of them just took it out of their stride and just popped a shot. And look how many they scored against them. What was it, a five? They, they, made it look, they made it look easy. Um, and I think like, the team just totally underperformed and the fact that it, 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 they did the same against Sheffield underperformed took a bit of something um from Hugo in the, in, in the Everton game to give them that fighting spirit back to win against Everton and then it just seemed to slump again and drop so I, I, I don't know if it's just a pattern and hopefully they're going to be riled up for the North London derby again and fight again but for for a team of like the standard that we should be and where we have been the past year there, there there's absolutely no excuse no excuse to not even have a shot against Bournemouth
2: Moxie Sparky says, please can we put our squad on lockdown for the rest of the season? No movement, no passion, no will, no midfield, no shots on target against a serious team that's relegation fodder. No bloody ideas and no way at all My I watching on Sunday from anywhere than behind the sofa. Come on, you Spurs, we're better than this. John Labby says, there does not seem to be any pattern to our game. Can't string passes together, have no clue in the final third, no creativity, no tempo and aversion. Most of our players are just either poor or bang average. Why is it so bad? I've completely lost interest. Now, Rosk, great time in making your debut. I mean, what a time to come and make your debut. I mean, like you said, this show's provided you with therapy and now you are the therapist. So tell me, you know, Bournemouth themselves, this is a team that there's been 173 shots on their goal this season. Spurs had none of them. And, you know, Jose Mourinho, we understand there's a rebuild to be done here. Regardless if it was under Pochettino or Jose Mourinho, we know there's a rebuild. But we laugh and joke, you know, the case that Mourinho seems to have relaunched team. Sheffield United season has gone has gone back, and he's made Bournemouth look like a completely different team. I mean, what did you make of the performance against Bournemouth?
5: It was painful to watch. It was hundred percent painful to watch. Um, yeah, if I wasn't on this podcast, I probably would have just turned the TV off. Literally, it was that painful. I felt everybody was just playing so deep. It felt like no one had any direction. Um, I mean, from the stats you can see, look, no shots on target. That's you know, Kane's not getting the service and. When I saw him like clearing clearing headers on in our in our half, I'm like, what's he doing? Do you know what I mean? What's what's he doing in that side? That's for Alderweireld. That's for that's for whoever's in you know down that side. You need to, we need to, we need more service to Kane, and Kane's not getting that. I thought it, you know with Bergwijn in there with Celso, I thought we'd definitely get those you know those balls into him, but he's not getting nothing into him, and I'm surprised he's you know if he if he would still be here. You know I'd want him to be here next season, but. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd wanted to leave because he's just not getting what he wants. We're not
2: playing to the guy's strengths. And, and of course, there's there's so many questions in terms of if Jose Mourinho is the right man. You know, does the guy need time? I think what's clear is that whether it was under Pochettino or Mourinho, as I've said, there was a rebuild to take place. I mean, Karen Bradley asks here, will Mourinho get the sack before or after this awful season ends? How do you see it, Ross? for you? I mean, in terms of the manager, listen, I know it's very much split opinion amongst the Spurs domain, social media, across the board. I think many fans kind of feel Mourinho hasn't had enough time with this group. I mean, he's the same guy, let's be honest about it. He has achieved more points than both Arsenal and Chelsea since he came into the job since he took control of the role. Where do you sit on the manager, Ross?
5: I think he needs a full season. Um, I'm going to give him that chance because I feel that he hasn't had a great season. Look, we've had COVID kicking, you you know, and take out 100 days out of everything. So, I feel that he needs a full season to, to you know to actually have a chance, and you know he's got he's going to have the summer the summer window as well. So I feel that once he has that chance, then we can say whether he's worth having the job for next season or beyond that or not. I just don't think like we haven't we, we can't really give him a chance on the basis that you know the potch got sacked and jumped in halfway through because he's never really done this halfway through a season. I mean, obviously a few other managers have, but I don't. I, I'd, I'd rather give him another chance, like for another season, see how he goes, and then and then I think we should knock it on the head. But you know, he, he is a serial winner, so I, I, I do I do believe he can deliver something. You know, even if we don't, you know, go to the Champions League, if we even if we don't go to Europa, we we can focus on the domestic. So I reckon. So I reckon we'd do all right. Is it all
2: worth it, this Rosk? And this is a, again maybe a throwaway question. Is it all worth it for a League Cup, for example? Or would it have to be something bigger for you to be able to accept? The current style of football we're being made to watch what is it what is it for you
5: I think we're starting again though I just feel that we, we are starting again in a, in a weird way because I feel that a lot of the players we've got do 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 need to move on I feel that um it's it's hard to kind of like see where where this would all kick off from if we if we start if we start the next season with the same squad we're not going to go anywhere
2: 100 but if we have
5: a few but if we have a few if we have a few new players in there and 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 you know Marino has the time to Work with the, the players that he's got. Hopefully, get getting Dumbelli in there as well. Then hopefully we can we can switch things up. But I do I do I do I, I do stand by what I say in terms of like I feel that he needs that that extra se- that extra season to figure out. But what we've got now, the, the games that we've got left, where we're going to end up, I, it's just a lottery right now because Arsenal on Sunday isn't like I don't know. I'm not really confident with that game at all.
2: No. I don't blame you. I won't be confident at all the way we're playing at the moment. Jay, just to bring you back in, you know, Mourinho has now drawn to Norwich, lost to Norwich and drawn to Bournemouth. They are the bottom two clubs
1: Mm. presently
2: in the Premier League. Michael Bennett says, should we give Jose more time? He won't get any players he wants this next transfer window. And we knew the brand of football would be a world away from Pochettino style. But at what point do we say enough is enough? Jay? What do you think?
3: Rosca's spot on when he says, you know, this squad doesn't change. You know, it, it, it's going to be the same results. Jose Mourinho's going to struggle. Look, if he can get the players in that he wants, I mean, this is now the absolute pinnacle of Levy and the club have to act now. They, they I think for a long time, they realised they had a very good group of players. They had the likes of Son, Harry Kane um, and Alderweireld. You know, some some really talented. There's and, a lot of really yeah. talented Yeah. So there was exactly, there's lots of really talented players and they decided to kind of stick with that, but it's gone stale now. And unfortunately, you know, for as much talent as in there, there's a real mental issue in that squad and it needs refreshing. And, you know, there is such a glaring opportunity now, or it's so painfully obvious that there needs to be a rebuild. So whether Jose Mourinho is the right man or not, there has to be a big change this summer in terms of the squad you know, Levy and the club have to be smarter in, in realising they've got to get players out the door. If they're not willing to go and spend their own money and, and kind of, um you know, go over on net spend, or whatever you want to say, they need to then try and get rid of players because that's been such a big issue, failing to get rid of players. And, and, and there does need to be a lot of players that do need to move on. But having said that, as much as I think there's such a huge blame on, on terms of the players, and, you know, George said... Will we see a response against Arsenal? Well, honestly, I don't trust this group of players at all to give us a response against Arsenal. I really, really hope they prove me wrong, but unfortunately, I just can't see it. But in terms of the style of play, I've always tried to be positive. I've always tried to look for the positives in it, but some of those performances have been incredibly difficult to watch. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe if he does get players that were to better suit his system, then maybe it might be more effective. Maybe it might be a bit easier to watch, but... He's got you know, you cannot be letting Bournemouth absolutely out absolutely outclass us in terms of um possession and shots and not having a shot on target. I mean that is you know, that says it all really it has to improve under Jose Mourinho has to improve his style of play. But, you know, you also have to try and go and give him the right players. So it's you know, it's a combination of Levy has to go and back him. If they're really serious that they want jo- uh, Jose Mourinho to be the right man, they have to go and deliver him the players and you know, it, they, they can't keep doing this thing where you know he said about Steven Bergwijn wasn't his first choice. You can't keep doing that. You have to go and give him the players that he wants. And you know, whether that's a Hoybier or whoever, you know, you, they've got to as I said they've got to go and give him the players. So it's you know, there's there's blames all over really, and uh, it's going to be a very interesting summer, I think.
4: I, I agree totally with that. And the thing is, with I, I don't think that the players that we have are good enough for Mourinho's style of play, which is why I don't think we can just single out saying Mourinho's done a dusted because at the end of the day, if you a team like Af- Atletico Madrid, exactly. who have notoriously played defensive football, they still manage to win so many things and get to the highest level of football in Europe. And they're not the only team in Europe to do so either. So it is possible to play that counter-attacking football. Leicester won the league playing counter-attacking football against everyone. It wasn't the same free-flowing football that we had with Poch and they still managed to win the league against all odds. At the end of the day, Jose's tactics can work, but we have to have the right players for it. We have to. I think a lot of our defenders are just not good enough and live up to the task. And as well as just just very quickly touching on, like, what manager is, like, right for Spurs, which a lot of Spurs fans just seem to be, like, arguing at the end of the day. If we were to bring in someone else, like Eddie Howe or... um, uh, Nagelsmann, is that, is that his name? The, the young yep. the young yep. manager. If we were to bring someone like that, we are realistically looking at another six-year rebuild like we had with Poch. Now, if we were going to do that, that means we're 100% losing Kane, Son, Dele, all these people who have already waited six years, six, seven years, to get where we wanted to go, they're not going to sit through that for another five, especially when they're hitting the peak of their career. Getting in someone like Mourinho, who is a blockbuster manager and can attract almost any footballer in the world, You've got a chance of having those kind of players want to stay and realise that he can win trophies for us in the short term. Mourinho is never going to be a long term manager for Spurs in the short term because the only thing we have left to do is to win trophies. Like Roscoe was saying before, he's a serial trophy winner. And even when the Man United team were complaining about how, what they did to the players in Stardust Hall, the they still managed to win what was it, the FA Cup and the Europa League on the Mourinho? They still managed to win those trophies, something that we would love to see at Spurs, which we haven't yet. So I, I, I'm agreeing, and what what Roscoe was saying earlier is that I'm, I'm giving him the year. He needs to be able to build his team to play the style he wants, and then if the performances come and we and we start playing better, we we'll start being defensively better and start winning trophies, then it's success. Then you can start your next major rebuild with another manager. But I think like the fans have to face the reality that if we brought in someone else like Eddie How or or whoever, another Poch kind of manager, a lot a lot of our key players would have left Spurs or will leave Spurs in the summer. So it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a combination of so many different things that we just need Levy to actually reinvest. And sadly, I think it's come slightly too late. We needed it two years ago, or after 2017. If we started doing and then refreshing every year, I'm sure we'd be in a totally different position right now.
2: Yeah, well, Adam Alfie agrees with you. He says, you think Jose's is the issue here. We can hire Pep tomorrow and he'll still have the same problems. Stop looking at the manager and start holding the players accountable. Pochettino said it. We need more better players. We need to rotate our older players like Ferguson did Every four years. But what I do want to say is on Mourinho itself, I think you are allowed to judge Jose based on what he's achieved since he's arrived at the club without comparing him to Pochettino. I find this is kind of a narrative that you get that the minute you criticise Mourinho, it's that you want Pochettino back. And I think we have to make the point that we all knew at the time where Poch lost his job that you could see that was going to happen. He wasn't having the players trust. They were no longer playing for him. And again, it's that point that also just because you don't support Jose doesn't mean you want Pochettino back. You know, sacking Pochettino and appointing Jose Mourinho, they're two different issues here completely. And, Ross, the reason why I want to bring it back around Mourinho for a second is that, you know, some kind of made the excuses that he had half his squad missing when our form took a turn for the worst. But he now has a near full on fit squad with more time, experience of the players during the lockdown. I mean, listen, we don't expect miracles, but can we sit through having just five shots on target? In just three games, what's your thoughts on that?
5: He's definitely had all the players that he's needed and wanted to have when he first started, and um, I feel that like it's just not—it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable, but it's down to the players as well. If he's giving them the right, the right, the right, um, every, everything, everything's right on what he's giving them. They know what they need to do. If they're not, if they're not provide, they're not, they're not providing Kane or they're not shooting. Then you know what I mean. What, what can, what can Marino do? Do you know what I mean? It's like. Just looking at just looking at the squad so far, I don't think he's really had enough time, but I don't know how much time he really needs because he has been working with them. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think he's had. I don't know. It's hard hard to kind of explain, but I I know I don't know. I don't think he's had enough time to really work out because it was a bit of a rush between coming out of lockdown and actually training and then the first few games. So I don't know how much time he's actually spent with them to figure out what he's exactly going to do. And then, you know, even with, even with Dombele on the bench, it's like we're all questioning that as well. Um, it just seems like there's, there's, some, there's some sort of miscommunication there where it's not, it's not really connecting. And I feel that, again, I feel that the summer hopefully should correct that. When you look at the likes of
2: Kane, Son, Lucas, bergvine Lamella and Dombele, all at your disposal, and we're still struggling to get mm. a shot on target, never mind a goal against the Bournemouth side, we're giving away goals for fun. At yeah. what point do you look at the way we're setting up, tactically trying to break down a team, yeah. and yeah. you think, how are we going to make this work for future games? Is it a one-off, or you know, are we seeing a concerning pattern? You look at Sheffield United, and don't get me wrong, it's two games at the moment. But I mean... Do you have any confidence, Jay, from what you're seeing at the moment that, you know, you talk about a plan coming together. I think we can all say, listen, mm. defensively, we do look better. I think it's three clean sheets in five, but it's not the defence has a problem now. Scoring goals, it, it, it's a massive issue, Jay, isn't it for us? The football has
3: been totally unacceptable, and that performance from from the Bournemouth game is just, you cannot be having that, that little possession, that little amount of shots, and that was a big issue. And that's something that he really needs to try and re- resolve, but... As the guys have said, you know. Also, I question some of the players that he has. You know, when you've got the likes of Sir Jory and Ben Davis as your fullbacks, you know, would you, would are they would they get into any of the top the the sides in the top ten? You know, I I really think that there are a lot of players there that really it's time for them to move on. They're just not at the level that Spurs need it to be, in. and that's where I do feel sympathy for Jose Mourinho. I just don't think that he's he, he's really got the squad there. He's, there's a basis of some really talented players. You know, you, you let, listed them, the Suns, the ballets, the, the Harry Canes. There's some great players in that squad, but many of them just are not good enough, aren't committed enough. They just don't look like they've got the fight in them. And that that is the most frustrating thing. And again, as I said, that's where I feel sorry for Jose Mourinho. But at the same time, it's Bournemouth. You know, I, I still feel as though, even if they are as weak-minded as they are, these players, still got to be doing much better against Bournemouth. So, You know, maybe he does need a bit more time. And again, you know, I think the guys are right. They've said that they're willing to give him that extra season. I'm willing to give him that extra season. And hopefully, you know, he's he's given those players that he needs to go and try and fix the issues in this squad. But you have to feel a bit of sympathy for him if if you look at some of the options that he has at his disposal, Um, because unfortunately, they're not good enough anymore.
2: Andy Bagley says, I want to hear what the plan is to sort this out. I want Jose to actually spell out to us why we are so bad. This isn't an individual player. It's a whole team. Therefore, it has to come back to him. Now, I mean, again, George, you kind of referenced it towards the ball, and you look at it and you mentioned it, the case that the team has got Staler and Staler over the last kind of you know, mm-hmm. 24, 18 months. It's not just individuals. There seems to be no cohesion. It's not really been a team yep. for ages. The ball at the moment, to be fair, It doesn't feel they want to invest. It is clearly just, you know, an investment business, and that's all they seem to care about. I mean, it doesn't take any attack mining footwear out of the equation to put Josie on top that it seems to be a dead team that needs so much, so much investment. I mean, are you confident, George, in any way the board are going to put in the necessary funds to really push this club forward in the summer? Or is it going to be very difficult because what we've had with COVID? And obviously, the issues surrounding the club from a financial perspective—they've taken out a loan as well, which, as we understand, obviously is not going to be going towards transfers. How confident are you, George, that this Spurs team will evolve?
4: I'm not really that confident, to be honest with you. And I, I also think that, regardless of COVID, I don't think I would be that confident either, because you just got to look at the track history of, of our spending and the, the sheer amount of transfers that that need to happen. This summer, I, I just can't see it happening because one, we need to get rid of a lot of players, which a lot of other clubs probably can't afford because of what's going on. Um, and two, we, we don't even we, we don't just have to replace the first 11. We also need a good squad. Um, so whether we have to rely on the youth now for that, I, I don't know. But I think there's just what I think we've been missing these past couple of games and why we're not creating a lot of chances is honestly, I think we're missing Deli Ali and Eriksson. Now I don't mean Ericsson as in the, the 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 Ericsson of the last eighteen months because we all know that, that, that was he, he was he's gone past his peak but we, we missed the old Ericsson. And someone like Bruno Fernandez, which we should have got at the end of last summer, would have been a perfect, perfect replacement for Ericsson. Perfect replacement for him. And look what he's done at United now. He, you, he looks George, like a bright spark. On
2: Fernandes, how do we end up at a point where we were going to have, and Michael Bridge said it superbly on Sky, how do we end up mm-hmm. with having either Lacelso and Fernandes to then losing yep. Ericsson to then just having yep. Lacelso? How, how did we get into that predicament and how did we not sign Bruno Fernandes when you look at this guy? He's superb, and he almost immediately said it. There was an offer on the table from Tottenham. We didn't want to offer the more money. And you think, God, put him in our side. And I know yeah. Jason joked, Instantly one of our Jason, so many things. <laughs> Jason joked, you yeah, may not get any assists or goals at all, but you can't believe putting that kind of quality into our side, he wouldn't transform this Tottenham team.
4: No, I think he definitely will. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still really happy with Celso. and I think he can get there. Um, but obviously, you can just tell by the fact that he's what, got one assist because of a, a deflection so far in the Premier League. Um, he hasn't quite quite provided in that sense, like the same way Ericsson would, but he, he does create the moves to begin with. So I think La, La Celso is just like, it, 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 he, he will get there eventually. But when we need an instant change, someone like Bruno Fernandes would be perfect. And to be honest with you, with what, what we're missing with Deli Ali, and that we haven't, that a lot of fa- fans just don't seem to notice, is that Regardless of whether he scores or, or, or assists or whatever, I think too, too many people are relying on the stats. Deli Alley frees up Kane so many times going forward because he plays so close to him and off of him and makes those back runs to take away defenders, frees up Kane to have that space in the edge of the area or inside the box to have a shot. We have missed that totally now because the way I see the team line up, you've got Bergvine and Lucas or Bergvine and Son or whatever the combination is out wide. So they're totally out wide out of the equation. And then you're relying on Lamella or LaSoso to bring it through the middle. And then what happens then is you've got Kane surrounded by four defenders. So he's never... That's why he didn't have a shot. Couldn't have a shot, and had to come deep and collect it. With someone like Dele Alli, which I think if we were with the whole Diabala rumors as well, getting him in, plays in almost the exact same way as like a center forward striker someone off of the main forward would be perfect and is what we need to free up Kane and free a space for him to allow him to have the shots. Now, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, we still should be getting a shot on target against, (laughs) like, with or without Delhi. But I think someone like that in the system that we're so used to playing for six years, we're missing that massively.
2: We are, aren't we? We are. Rosk, just to finish off this chat before we discuss the game itself, Amazon, Arsenal to come... You know, just back to the ball for a second. You know, Daniel Levy he earned 7 million last season, more than any other Premier League chairman. We have a manager at the moment in Jose Mourinho who's on a reported 15 million a year, one of the highest earnings in world football. How can this be right for a club like us that we are now going to be likely to be finishing mid table, haven't won anything for over a decade, and you look at Spurs' nine managerial appointments since 2001? Plus caretakers. That's 19 years, nine different styles, some different approaches, but the kind of one common denominator is that we seem to fall at the last hurdle, when it hasn't been good enough. Does anything tell you, Ross, that it's going to get better for us in the future? Whatever the board look to do,
5: I'm, tr- I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> but the thing is, is, I just feel like they're allocating their money wrong. It just feels like, look, if we if, if we had, if we had trusted in Poch, then some of these some of these problems wouldn't. They wouldn't have happened if we, had, if, we had, if we had listened and if the board had listened to Poch and said, when he said it's going to be a tough rebuild, we wouldn't be in this position. We probably would be, but it would be a tough rebuild. We know that things are happening. But it's like, it just feels like they're just patching over what, what they feel is right. So, like, even with like, the rumors of, you know, we're going to get loan players in rather than paying for players. And do you know what I mean? It's like all these little things, it's just, they're just avoiding spending good money. Like, I'm, I'm still surprised we spent so much for Dombele. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like we still we need we need to spend the money. We need to spend the money. We need to be we need someone in front of whoever the board is, whoever's making that last decision to say uh, or put or um, negotiate the deals for whoever, whatever players are coming in. Like a sporting director. Like George said, yeah. Yeah. Sporting director. We need a sporting director in. Mm. And, and like George was saying, you know, if we if we had Fernandes in, it would have been a completely different, different, different squad, man. Completely different squad. I think one thing as
3: well is you look at the number of, you know, you look at Ndombele, £60 million, Ryan Session, £30 million. Um, Obviously, Steven Bergwijn, £30 million. So there there has maybe been a willingness there um, since kind of we moved into the stadium to spend that money, but it's just not been effective enough. You know, look at Ndombele, he's not done enough. Session, not done enough. And, And Steven Bergwijn, not done enough. And you feel as though those are all players that kind of the board have kind of looked at and said, look, we'll have them and we'll give them to the manager. And maybe that's where they need to change. They need to maybe take a back seat in terms of deciding who comes into the club. Because as I said, we spent a huge amount of money in the summer. We spent a decent amount in January, but we've, we, we just don't seem to be getting it right. And obviously there was there's time, instances before um, before this the, the summer and, and, uh, and January that we were getting it wrong. And, and that's maybe where Daniel Levy needs to take a back seat in deciding which of the players comes in, because Jose Mourinho, as we established, he needs the players that are going to fit his style of play, not just players, as he said, you know, Stephen Bergwijn, I really love him, I think he's a great player and maybe is a good investment, but he needs players that are going to come in and make an impact straight away because that's something that Spurs have really missed, players that are going to come in straight away and make that impact. And um, as I said, I think that's going to take for the club to maybe take a back seat um, in, in terms of who, who the player is that comes in.
4: We've spent, what is it, that must be, if you if you include La Celso as well, that's like got to be a total of about 160 million on about four players. So there's been investment in terms of buying the players, but the majority of them are either at the wrong time or it's the wrong position. Undombele is effectively Dembele's replacement six months late. So that's already 60 million you're spending too late when we could have done with someone like that for the tail end of last season. Cesenon is uh, a winger that we're trying to turn into a, a left back, so like another Danny Rose. That's going to take time for it to evolve, and we've just uh, we've got plenty of wingers. So it's the same again with Bergvall. We've already got plenty of wingers. It's like the, it, I do like him as well, but we just seem to be getting people in areas in the wrong positions. Um, we needed a right back. We needed a defensive midfielder. We needed a new centre back, and we got none of those. And now we're left and with a backup striker right back. or, a, or a striker. No like Ex- exactly. Levy is an investment man. He's, yeah. He works for an insurance company yeah. and he, he doesn't know, he, he hasn't grown up with like knowing about football. We need to have that director of football, someone that, that's knowledgeable yeah. of the squad of football to, to bring in the right people, not just who he can find on a good deal.
3: Hopefuls though, isn't it? It's all, you know, Ryan Sessegnon, will he come good? It's Tongi Dombale, quite a young age. Steven yeah, Berg, like, yeah. We want he wants to now. make profit. He
4: wants to make profit. Sessegnon yeah. is hoping he'll sell 50 million yeah. in a yeah. couple of years.
3: Yeah, right, so I can I can understand that. I do understand maybe going for that, but it is now time to try and find the end product. You've got the manager in; that is the end product. You haven't gone for a project manager who's going to be like another Pochettino or whoever. You've got in that final product, so you need to start giving him the final product players. And, and I think that that's something that he has to yeah. look at and take a back seat, hopefully. In, uh, players, in
4: their peak, players in their peak to something like so like an experienced centre-back 100%. or experienced DM that can just control and lead the team to where it needs to be rather than someone yeah. young trying to learn because we've got plenty of that we've got so much of that in our squad we don't need any more young up-and-coming footballers we need someone that can make a difference now like you said to match the manager that's what we need
2: the, the question is also whether you know the Spurs ball will allow a director of football to come in and have that final say we've seen it so many times Frank Arneson Franco Baldini, Damian Camoli. You know, you look down the line, Paul Mitchell. If we were to bring in someone like Louis Camper, will he actually be given the time and, you know, to actually work with Jose Mourinho to identify the players that he wants to bring in? And again, this will run and run until Spurs make a decision in terms of that director of football. But we are going to go for a very quick break. Thank you for listening for the past 35 minutes. I want to tell you, it's going to get more exciting and it is going to get more easier. But next we are looking back at some of the incidents in that game talking about the Amazon documentary and looking ahead to Arsenal. So please try and stick with us. We'll be back after this very, very short break. Thank you for listening to the second half of the last word on Spurs. We thought we might have lost you after that first half. So thank you for carrying on listening to us here as we waffle on on a Friday special. I'm not sure these Fridays are working for us. Two on the bounce, they haven't gone well to plan. So we're hoping, like I say, in Saturday's return, we might get some positive results. But there you have it. So... Rosk, let's kick the second half off with you because, as I've said on this show, God, it feels like the last seven, eight weeks that when Spurs release a team selection, especially across social media, especially Twitter, you won't be surprised to hear that, it meets with such a disdain at the moment in terms of the teams we're picking. But Mourinho made three changes for the game against Bournemouth. We saw Jan Vertonghen, partner, Toby Adavira in the heart of the defence. We saw Steven Bergvine and Eric Lamella all return to the starting lineup. Huminson and Lucas Moore arrested for the North London derby. Delhi Ali missing out due to injury. We know Delhi will also miss that North London derby. When you saw the team, Rosk, what was your thoughts going into it? Were you confident seeing all those attacking players on the field?
5: I was pretty confident, to be fair about it. I thought we'd get at least one goal through this whole game. But also, looking at the stats of Bournemouth, Bour- I thought Bournemouth were going to try their best. Do you know what I mean? Because even even uh yeah i just thought they would i thought they would, i thought they would try try their best and they did they did they did try certain times but the game was literally pretty dire um and uh yeah it was it was quite shocking to see son on the bench to be fair i know he's resting for the north london derby but i'd rather him start and then you know what i mean drop him off you know maybe 60 minutes 70 minutes give him a rest for the last 30 um but uh overall I, i'm never too convinced of the lineups i just i just feel that I feel I don't know. It just it, it never fills me with confidence. Anyway, at the moment the last the last the last couple of games it hasn't filled me with confidence. So I'm not sure. And even coming into the Arsenal game, I, I don't even know what to think. I I don't even know who's going to be in the lineup. I don't <laughs> every every week I look and I look in the lineup and I think is Don Belly going to play? Is Don Belly going to play? And we're still, waiting. It we're they, still waiting for the exactly. start. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it's kind of making it's, it's kind of making those rumours feel true as well that you know he wants to leave. So yeah. hopefully it doesn't. But you know, it, it just feels like that now. And, and I feel that maybe what's taking this toll the, the whole, on the whole squad as well. You know, what we don't know as well.
2: Mm. It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, coming around to you, George, yeah. this is a question from Robins Nest at Harlow C, who says, why does our entire system revolve around one of our worst players in Serge Aurea, totally unbalances the team, makes predictable runs going forward. And also the only reason he's in an advanced position is to deliver crosses, which 90% of the time don't reach a Spurs player anyway, liability. What's your thoughts on that question?
4: It baffles me. I think you're right in this. Or whoever asked the question was right in the sense that it just becomes predictable. We saw it time in, time out in that Bournemouth game that we just kept on trying to channel the right-hand side. And I think maybe two crosses made itself, made its way into a dangerous area, but still not even near one of our players. And it's just... It it became easy for Ake and whoever the other centre back was to to defend and clear it because they knew we we're just going to channel the right side, get cross in, and they can just clear it. It it, it seemed simple by that point, point. and the problem is where 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 that kind of style of football worked before with us is that we had Rose and Walker wing backs on either side, so it could be an attacking threat from both sides. Switch it up, change the way we play. Play down the middle with Eriksen. Like we, we we could change it mid game, whereas now we seem to have roughly the same eleven with one attacking style because Davies can't do the attacking side as well as as, as as other fullbacks that we've had. And it like you said, it just becomes way too predictable and we, we shouldn't be relying on our, on our right back to put in all of the assists and all the crosses in. We, we, we have to find something different and I just feel like we haven't worked that out yet.
2: Mm, definitely true. We, ha- we haven't quite worked it out yet. Robbie Rock says, and he's actually got three points. First, when Tui came on, he looked quite positive two, Serge Ria, surely we need a new right back. And in three, is it no service to Kane or lack of movement on his behalf? Jay, Tullian Dembele, again, didn't start the game. But when he came on, I mean, I'm not going to say set the world alight. But I mean, from the moment he entered the pitch, we did seem to kind of see a player that actually wanted to pass forward. And we did up the tempo. Is that fair for me to say that? 100%. 100%. I mean,
3: Ben Davies, of course. I think after the game, came and said exactly the same. You know, he, he came on and he really looked very positive. He was the only player that was really looking to play forward. You know, maybe you to say is that sort of guy is the only other player in that team that always does look to play forward. But look for me, another thing that does frustrate me so much about the way we are setting up at the moment is that we just look like we're giving these teams so much confidence. I mean, how many, ch- you know, how many, how many times in that? that first half did Bournemouth come at us and, you know, we're thinking this is the 19th place side in the league. We're making them look like they're a side that's like Sheffield United pushing for a European spot. You know, we just look as though the way we are setting up at the moment, we're just giving teams so much confidence. You know, the amazing, the way that we managed to help Sheffield United to bounce back and, you know, there's that whole joke about Dr Tottenham. Well, unfortunately, it's not a joke at the moment because it's very much true. You know, we are really Dr Tottenham we're giving these sides the confidence to come and play at us. And as I keep saying about this show, it's totally unacceptable. The, amount, uh, the lack of shots we had, um, the l- lack of possession that we had. And that is really frustrating. And, and that's where my criticism of Jose Mourinho does come in. That style is not something that we can accept. It has to get better. I've said the ways. hopefully, if he's given that chance to improve the squad, then it hopefully might get better. Um, but yeah, obviously that 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 is very frustrating, the way that we have been setting up and how negative it has been. But look, you know, Tongyan Dombale, he was maybe the the real shining light. So as you said, I don't think it was certainly, he wasn't setting the world alight in terms of his performance, but it was positivity and that's exactly what we need in the team at the moment. A guy who's looking forward, you know, the way he threads those passes through the lines is just exceptional. You just really want to see more of him. You just hope that, you know, hopefully he can react in training or something and show Jose Mourinho some sort of sign that he's up for the fight because we know there's such a talented player in there. It's just all comes down to attitude and the hope, you know, he just shows Jose Mourinho that he's got that fight in him because, as we said, he he really did come in and change. look looked like a fantastic player uh, against Bournemouth.
2: He did. One of the things that we hope is going to start getting better is the VAR. And to start with you on this, George, you know, we saw Michael Oliver involved nice and early, Kane bundled over by King in the box. It looked mm-hmm. an absolutely clear penalty, and even more so, two hands, two hands on Harry Kane's back. But after the VAR review- reviewed it, Still no penalty. I mean, George, why are we not getting these decisions? And it's quite ironic after the game that, I think, Jay, you put this out as well, that the Premier League match centre actually admitted that they made the wrong decision. Yep. And Spurs should have had on, a penalty. On all three games. I mean, it's, is it crazy, George, to feel it's like some kind of agenda against us? Which I know the rest of the league, they're also having different teams are having different decisions go against them. But my God, it's really hard to take that, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it does feel that that way, doesn't it? When you've got the same, same officials... In every Spurs game, st- making mistakes every Spurs game, you do have to start questioning. it. And <laughs> I find Jose's comments quite funny, to be honest with you, kind of coming out kind of having these sly digs at Michael Oliver. Which, uh, to be honest with you, like I, I, he's not wrong. Like the fact that he's going to be the referee for the North London derby, we'll see. If something controversial happens again, then you really, really have to start questioning it. But going on to that penalty, like it takes one look on one replay to see that that is the most blatant penalty you have ever seen. And I don't think anyone in the world would disagree. So I don't understand how they can look at that multiple times and still come out with the come out with the decision that it wasn't a penalty. And then the similar kind of thing happened in the Everton Southampton thing, and it it was awarded when it shouldn't have been. And it's just oh, it's just it all seems to be a mess. I, 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 having the like the video assistant is fine in my books. It's the rules that we have around it. How can wh- why in England or the Premier League? Why are we? having this like mentality that we have to be different to everyone else and changing the rules every year changing the handball rule changing the this that and the other to every other competition in Europe it seems to be working fine everywhere else we change it and our officials don't seem to be good enough to, <laughs> to, to use it and they're not even looking at the ca- they have the option to go over and look for themselves that, that's what I can't understand and it would understand. take them 20, 20 yep. seconds maximum yep 20 I 20 seconds to look at that if, 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 if the referee went over to that camera in that Bournemouth game and and had one look at that he be like yeah penalty 100% I was wrong In my first decision. That's it. But we don't, we're not using it. And I honestly baffles my brain and it hurts me every football match I watch to see why our officials just can't use it properly.
2: I mean, it's so bizarre, Rosk. I mean, just to bring you in here, you know, we know the on-pitch official at the time doesn't give it now and he's got the VAR system to back him up. That's going to check it. But the threshold of clear and obvious error seems to be far, far too high. I mean, it's kind of the worst of both worlds, isn't it? These kind of decisions that are being made.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think there's, I think there might be a sense of pride with the ref, like having the the, the VAR sort of like taking over the the computer taking over. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's taking taking a bit of power from him, so you know he's trying to take it back in his own hands. That, that, that's that's the only ex- excuse I can give him, man. But I am dreading the Arsenal game because he's taking over that one as well, and um, I, I just feel that everything it's just go it's going against us. And that, yeah, like George said, it is it is a bit suspicious. You kind of start to think like. Is it, is it us like, or is it is it every, everybody getting the same same sort of treatment?
2: As fans, you watch it and you watch it again and again. You think, how has the referee and then the VAR reached a decision that it's not a penalty? At the moment, I say it's frustrating because it is going against us on so many different occasions. But then we say about it going against us, it did go for us in that final last minute because we saw, Jay, Josh King bundle in the ball from yeah. close range. I think that all of us at that point, I think we all thought Yep, that's a goal. Because that was typical Tottenham. The fact that we would concede like that. But it was, in the end, consulted by VAR. Referee pulled in. He overturned the goal because of the handball by Josh King. And, you know, you look at even then, you know, Lloris saved us again in that final few minutes as he rescued us with a save. And to be fair, I think he gave us the last bit of dignity we had left of this season with that save. I mean, I might be going a bit OTT, but what an important save that was (laughs) for Hugo Lloris three clean sheets in his last five games Jay are you seeing a different Lloris at the moment only because when I see him in kind of post-match now there is a bit more calling out there is a bit more saying these performances are unacceptable have you seen a change in Hugo Lloris's attitude since we've had the enforced break
3: yeah I mean I mean look it was obviously at the time when he had that clash with Sun against Everton it was all a bit concerning you know was it players just getting frustrating and and, you know, you don't really want to see teammates fighting with each other, but when you kind of get an understanding of what it was for, and it was for a lack of sun closing down, then you kind of think actually, no, that's what you want from your captain and and maybe that's what we've kind of missed you know, that kind of character in the dressing room to come and say, no, these standards are not good enough and you have to go and improve and, you know, we've always had kind of an issue with our captain, you know, a lot talk about should we give it to Kane, but you know, in fairness to Laurie, you know he has kind of really stood up and and there have been a lot of instances in the past where Loris, you know, you could criticise him at a lot of occasions in certain matches. But there have been a lot of a lot of times when he has really stood up, um, and you know, a lot of those big games, especially in the Champions League last year, when he made really made himself counted, the the penalty save against Manchester City, and uh, you know, even this season against Manchester City at home, you know, he put in really big performances. So, yeah, I was, do you know what? I was actually it was at the time it was obviously with that incident when he clashed with um, with Son. You're like. You don't really like it, but when you understand it, Jose Mourinho you know, described it as beautiful and um, you know, when, when you get that context, then maybe it is. Uh, you know, it does seem like a good thing. I just want to quickly touch on the, the VAR situation uh, for that first goal. I just want to have a quick say on it. Um, do, do you know what? I mean, I think Jose Mourinho has a, is totally uh, right to feel aggrieved because, look, if you go 1-0 up and that, of course, it was a penalty, it was the most clear and obvious penalty I think you'll ever see... Um, And and then if you go one up, that's a massive confidence boost for the rest of the team. That gives us a massive lift. We've got that goal. We don't have to break them down anymore. um, But it's that when that decision goes against you, you cannot crumble like that. And, you know, it just seemed as though that was kind of that lack of confidence after that decision that went against us. The same against Sheffield United. As soon as that goal from Harry was disallowed, we crumbled. And again, you know, just think that that kind of sums up most of these players where they crumble under... You know, when something goes wrong and, and that's something that really needs to be resolved. Um, and, and that, again, it was just very disappointing to see how we how we kind of collapsed after a decision that VAR went against us.
2: Is that again, Jay, for you a concern? Because we have seen it against Leicester early in the season, then we yeah. saw it against Sheffield United and now yeah. we're seeing it again. I mean, is this a mentality thing for you more than anything in terms <laughs> of when the players have something go against them, they yeah. find it very hard to pick themselves up?
3: Yeah, it's, you know, it's pathetic, really. I mean, I, I've said it for so long. This squad needs refreshing. There's lots of good, there's, there's a good base in there. And I understand Jose Mourinho, what he says. He wants to kind of keep a, a slight core around this team because there are some talented players in there. But there's too many players that don't care for the club, that don't have the fight in them, that are too comfortable with losing. And I'm really looking forward to a lot of, a lot of those players in that squad moving on because as good as, as many of them are, you know, there is a clear mentality issue in that squad and um, this this refresh cannot come soon enough for me.
2: Well, talk about refresh, talk about mentality, talk about moving on. We saw, this is what we were recording here on a Friday, Friday morning, Amazon released a tweet, 20 seconds. I think 20 seconds was enough, to be honest with you. A trailer of the Amazon documentary to come, all or nothing. It looks like it's going to be nothing for Tottenham. But what have we got coming our way in terms of the Spurs... This trailer isn't just what we're going to see. It's what we're not going to see in terms of all this content that has been in this last kind of seven, eight months from the points of kind of seeing Pochettino being sacked on camera, the losing to Bayern 7-2, the League Cup exit to Colchester, then see Mourinho appointed, the FA Cup exit to Norwich, Eric Dyer going in and confronting a fan in the crowd, Lloris and Son clashing. We've still not finished the season. We've still got Arsenal to come. I mean, my God, George, what are we getting ourselves into here? And... Will you be watching this, George, kind of hands covering your eyes? Because this is going to be a documentary that I don't think any Spurs fan is going to enjoy, is it?
4: I'll tell you what, they're probably going to need about four seasons with the amount of things that have happened this year (laughs) to try and actually show everything. Because we're not even like missing out all about, what, the 20 injuries we've had this season as well, how we're dealing with that, and like, oh, there's just... You're right. I think Spurs fans are kidding themselves if they're saying they're not going to watch it because at the end of the day, I think everyone is intrigued to see what actually happens at Spurs. Because Mourinho was saying in his press conference today as well that it's 24 hours. They've got a camera in there. He said it feels like Big Brother. So they would have got everything this year. And I think since like Levy and and the Spurs and everyone in the backroom seems to be so private all the time, no Spurs fan really knows what's going on. So I think it's going to be a huge eye-opener. But obviously... It's going to be horrendous watching that Potch sack in. And I think there's is rumoured to even be in the first episode, which is going to be a horrible, horrible way to start. And yeah, um, um the only part I, I'd say, well, I, I use the term looking forward to loosely, but I, I'm just intrigued to see how the club seems to be playing in the background. And but apart from that, it's just going to be a shit show of just everything going downhill, one thing after the other. <laughs>
2: I mean, I think he does say it'll be an interesting watch. I think for the wider footballing community and for sport in general, it will be an interesting watch for them. But as Spurs fans have had to relive and gone through this last seven, eight months to have to then go through it again and know there's behind the scenes stuff that might not be great to watch on the eye. It'll be interesting to see as fans, when we watch that, how we are going to react. And Ross, just to bring you in, I mean, we know that that documentary will initially focus on the sacking of Maurizio Pochettino and the subsequent arrival of Jose Mourinho when it airs later this summer. And Daniel Levy, obviously sanctioned the Access All Areas show to be filmed, actually says in the preview clip, if you haven't seen it yet, that we have to do what's right for the club, and only time will tell if that is the right decision. And I hate to say this, but when you watch that trailer... It's almost like Mourinho's walked in during their lunch break and the players are absolutely stunned. I'm sure it was the way in which that trailer's been put together. But, Rosk, what are you thinking of this and how it's going to play out?
5: When I, when I watched the trailer, <laughs> I didn't know what to think because I literally, like, I've been busy all day and I literally just jumped on and watched it. No, I don't know. I just, I'm, I've been dreading it since they said we was going to do it. I just literally, I'm thinking, we haven't done anything. We have, we're not really, I mean, the only good thing we've really had, you know, is, is the stadium. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, just to add, add a little. Do you know what I mean? Drama onto it. I don't know. I don't know if I really want. Like, I mean, we could change the title to, be... to "All for Nothing." I think that'd be more better, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be a good one. Definitely. Uh, uh, it's stress. It's stressful thinking about it. Like, I mean, the banter I'm gonna get, man. Uh, I mean, I've got a lot of Arsenal friends, and they, they, I have to turn my phone off, man. Literally, it's that. It's that bad. So I, I know. I know it's gonna be. Cringy, but I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be watching it.
2: It's one of those things that we, we say we won't watch it, but like Jules says, I think we, we will end up watching it because it's Tottenham related and we're just gonna be interested to see. I mean, especially Ericsson's reaction. If you've not seen this clip at all, I know it's only 20 seconds, but the look of Christian Ericsson's face, where well, I think it's either Mourinho's walking in or there's something happening. I mean, and he's sitting there with Ben Davis, I mean, it's gonna be popcorn at the ready for all you non Spurs fans that listen to this show. I don't know what to think, but we've got all that to come. But before We look ahead to Arsenal. We've been pleased to be joined by two contributors, Robbie Lyle from Arsenal Fan TV and Harry from Chronicles of the Gooners looking ahead to the game against Arsenal. So we're going to hear from those guys. And after, we are going to preview the North London derby against Arsenal. Big, big game for Tottenham. Biggest game always of our season. Fans are not going to be there, but we're still going to want the win. We'll be back after this very, very short break.
0: The Opposition View. It's Robbie here from AFTV, or maybe as you guys know me, Arsenal Fan TV. And I'm on here to talk about the North London Derby. You know, it's a bit of a shame that it's going to be played behind closed doors. I was looking forward to coming down your place and uh, taking all three points. You know, I mean, that would have been a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, it's going to be um, behind closed doors. I get the feeling, though, it's still going to be an intense game. There's been a lot of uh, rhetoric coming from Mourinho um, ahead of this game. I know that Spurs are struggling at the moment. Um, Whereas Arsenal, who did start off really badly after the break, you know what I mean? I mean, we had that really poor loss to Manchester City, but then it is Man City, you know what I mean? They are a very good team, but the defending in there was terrible. David Luiz getting sent off. And then we followed it up with another... Really poor performance against Brighton um, where we lost that game. But since that game, I think Arsenal have been playing really well. Went away to Southampton, a place that we always find really, really difficult to win. Um, haven't won there for a while and we got a really impressive win. Went away and beat Wolves as well. Um, 2-0, kept a clean sheet. Um, very unlucky in our draw the other day against Leicester. We should really have won that game. And there's been a lot of signs of improvement And what Mikel Arteta has been able to do, he's been able to get the best out of the players that we've got. And I think that's, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm around the place towards Mikel Arteta. And he'll know the North London derby. Remember, he played for Arsenal. He's played in North London derbies. So he's going to know what this is all about. Um, And he's going to know that the fans really want this. And for us, really, there's not a lot to play for now. You know what I mean? I think... Chances of getting into the top four or five are very, very slim. Possibly Europa League, but do we even want that? But the one thing there is to play for is, first of all, to beat Tottenham in the North London derby at their own stadium and also to finish above you guys. That would be something. It's not much, but that would be something. Now, what team will we go with on the game? I think Mikel Arteta is going to stick with the formation that's been very successful for him over the past few games, which is playing free at the back with two uh, wing backs. We've we deployed that against Wolves. It worked against um, Leicester in the first half. It worked really well as, as well. Um, and I think that he will go into the Tottenham game with the same formation. I mean, it suits the players we've got. David Louise plays much better in that system. Um, allows him not to get isolated as much um, against some of these really tricky players. So I think our team will be probably Martinez in goal, who's coming for Burnt Leno and has been superb. Uh, Mustafi, who under Mikel Arteta is like, I-, I can't believe what I'm watching with this guy. He is so improved under Arteta. Um, it's been unbelievable. David Luiz as well has been playing well in that formation. with three at the back. And then also Kalasinat. so there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of experience in those back three and there's a lot of strength in that back three as well. Then um, as the wing backs it will either be Hector Bellerin or maybe Cedric might return. He he um, dropped out of the game against Leicester, um, but he could return in that role. If not, I expect Bellerin, who had a good game against Leicester, to start as the right wing back. Left wing back um, will be Kieran Tierney. He's been absolutely brilliant for Arsenal over the past few games. Been showing how much we missed him for most of the season with injury. Middle midfield will be Granit Xhaka, another player reborn under Mikel Arteta. You know, I mean, again, a, a lot of player, a player that a lot of Arsenal fans would have liked to have seen gone, but has been performing really, really well under Arteta. Then Danny Sobias, again, another guy who's really stepped up since Mikel Arteta's come in. He's been really good to see, and he was superb in the game against Leicester. Um, up front, I expect Aubameyang to start on the left. You all know about Aubameyang. He'd be a threat, and he'll be still hurting after missing that last-minute penalty last year um, at Wembley. I think um, on the right-hand side, it's going to be a choice between either Saka... Or Nicolas Pepe. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Arteta does. Who does he bring in in that position? Saka done very well. Had an assist the other night against Leicester in the game. And he's been superb. One of the best kids in Europe, I think, right now. Um, But it could be Pepe. Pepe as well. Goal scorer. Has really, again, hit form recently. His wife had a baby last week. So he didn't play in the Leicester and Wolves game. He'll be fresh for that game. And down the middle, Alexander Lacazette. Um, His hold-up play has been brilliant in games. I think he's perfect for the North London derby. His finishing's been a bit off this season, but he could be dangerous in this game. I fancy us in this game. Um, I know Tottenham have really dipped, and I know we're not going to see the same Tottenham that played against Bournemouth. They're going to have a go. They're going to be hurt by the recent results, and it's the North London derby. I know you guys are going to step up for that. But I fancy us in this. It will be tight though. I'm going for Arsenal, winning by two goals to one. Come on, you Arsenal.
1: The opposition view. Hi guys, Harry Simeu here from the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, looking ahead to this weekend's North London derby. And although it's going to be very strange and very different, no supporters in the stadium, and you know, we're not allowed to attend and all of that stuff. It is actually, in my opinion, going to be one of the most interesting North London derbies that we've seen in a while. We've got Jose Mourinho. I believe it's his first North London derby. And of course, Mikel Arteta is taking charge of his first one as well. These are two managers that have never actually met as managers. I know that Pep Guardiola would have had Mikel Arteta by his side previously. But it'll be interesting to see how Mikel Arteta takes on Jose Mourinho and vice versa. They don't know each other very well. Um... Mikel Arteta seems to me like somebody who's not really going to stand for the nonsense that comes with Jose Mourinho. And maybe as Spurs fans, you'll disagree with what I'm saying. But he is one to to try and play the mind games. He is one to try and turn up the heat on the officials ahead of the game. He is one to try every dirty trick in the book. And, and I think that Mikel Arteta uh, is going to stand up to that. And I think it's going to make a really, really interesting game. Tactically who knows what we're going to see I mean uh, trying to give my prediction from an Arsenal perspective I'd be very very surprised if Mikel Arteta moves away from the system that has served him so well in recent weeks with three centre backs the two wing backs two central midfielders and then a front three um, you know we've, we've seen Arsenal be a lot more defensively sound uh, we picked up a few wins on the trot and then we were really unfortunate in my opinion not to take all three points against Leicester as well Um And, you know, yes, we ran out of steam towards the end and and Leicester sort of got on top of us. But they have been a far better team this season. And it was nice, actually, after a few wins to measure where we were actually at um, rather than getting carried away by those results. So it was really, really interesting to see that game. And I think that the North London derby over recent years has probably been the best one in this country I would say and that's because it's been so even the two teams uh, have been very very close in terms of the quality Um, you know some obviously Spurs have have, you know got ahead of Arsenal in recent seasons and and stuff but in terms of looking around at the rest of the derbies it's one where the two teams are probably as closely matched as you're going to find and that's why it always makes an interesting watch Historically, um, you know, Arsenal were always a side that looked to to take the game to their opponent, as were Spurs under Maurizio Pochettino and under Harry Redknapp and and under pretty much everybody else. But Jose Mourinho is a different kettle of fish. Um, So it'll be interesting to see whether he he tries to take the game to Arsenal, if he's a little bit more cautious uh, or whatnot, you know. Um, But in terms of my prediction for this weekend's North London derby, You're not going to be surprised to hear that I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. And I'm going to go for an Arsenal win purely because I just think that Arsenal are in better shape than Spurs at the moment. Um, You know, I know Mourinho's had a little bit of a go at the officials um, and various other bits and pieces in the last few days. And to be fair, he's got a point. You know, you were denied a Stonewall penalty at Bournemouth, which is, is really unfortunate. And, you know, the the officials have got a lot to answer for. Uh, But I just feel like in terms of on the pitch, in terms of the footballing ability, I think Arsenal, uh, I'm not going to say have a superior squad to Tottenham Hotspurs, because I think that, again, they're they're very evenly matched. But I just think Arsenal have got the momentum at the moment. I know there is that old cliche, isn't there, that form goes out the window when a derby comes around. but not having your fans in the stadium I think is going to make a big difference and it's going to be a far less hostile environment for Arsenal to have to contend with. So I'm going to go for a narrow Arsenal win. You probably won't be surprised to hear that. Um, But as I said from the beginning, it's going to be a really, really interesting affair. It's going to be really interesting to see how the two managers go head to head, how it pans out tactically as well. Um, So I'm looking forward to a really, really good game. But we're coming up to that time in the week where you get that that feeling in your stomach where you feel sick where you you know the nerves start to kick in and and i'm sure it's the same at both ends um i'm not gonna say i wish you luck because i don't um, but yeah uh thank you to everyone on your podcast for uh, listening to my views and thoughts and uh, we'll see who's celebrating come the end of the weekend cheers the opposition view
2: Hello and welcome back to the final segment here of The Last Word on Spurs. You've just heard there from two Arsenal contributors that are quite confident going into this North London derby. And you can't really blame them, bearing in mind Spurs' last cut of games. And this is a huge game for Spurs. And Jay, to start with you, both clubs have changed their managers this season with Jose Mourinho, Mikael Teta... At the helm after Maurizio Pochettino and Unai Emery were sacked towards the end of 2019, I think it's fair to say that neither side have really enjoyed a hugely successful campaign. But both the teams are looking to end it on a high as they look to chase some form of European qualification. How do you expect Jay both of the teams to set up, and do you expect Spurs to come out with a more attacking approach against Arsenal? No,
3: <laughs> no, I do not. Really, to not come in this game. You, no, you, you, you no, honestly don't... think
2: Arsenal will? come
3: no. no to attack us I, I think we will I think Jose Mourinho will see this as the perfect opportunity to try and uh sit back and kind of soak up the pressure I think this is the kind of game the Mourinho really will relish in terms of playing that style of trying to uh contain the uh, Arsenal for long periods of time and then maybe hit them on the counter-attack but you know the confidence in Spurs is just so low you know we saw that against Bournemouth just how low the confidence is right now and um you know, unfortunately, that lot down the road, they are in, in, in much better confidence. You know, They've had some great results. Uh, they were unfortunate not to get the three points against uh, Leicester. So, it's kind of really contrasting uh, in terms of the, the, the sort of form and the confidence in both sides. But, yeah, I, I can see, I just can see Spurs really trying to set up, um, trying to stop Arsenal from, you know, having chances and then, as I said, hitting them on the counter-attack. But, no, I, I can't see Spurs really going for it. I don't think it will, it's a game that we'll want to give it a go. As I said, I think Arsenal are in form, so they're going to be a side that Jose Mourinho will be re- really wary of. It's a side, It's a game as well. You know, how many occasions have we say it's Jose Mourinho is all about not losing a game? And I think that when it's Arsenal, you when know, you know all about his past with Arsenal and how much he despises them, um, which is something that I really like about him. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a game that he'll set up trying not to lose. Um, can you blame it at the moment that's the thing I think you know you you may be questioned how negative we are at the moment yes it's frustrating just how negative we are but when you look at the confidence in this side when you look at how we are playing when you look at the players at his disposal yes we've got came back yes we've got some back there's still a lot of areas in that team that just aren't simply good enough so maybe you can understand him being negative but if it's anything as negative as the Bournemouth one is, then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a thoroughly difficult watch on the weekend.
2: George, Jay says there about a game it's a must-not-lose. As you do feel, that the team that does lose would probably mean it's a year outside of Europe's competitions. When you look at, obviously, Wolves's form at the moment, and they've had a slight dip. You've got Sheffield United up there still, Leicester United. and I just wonder, George, do you feel this game at all mm-hmm. is a defining one for Jose Mourinho's time in charge at Tottenham, or is that far too early? Bearing in mind he's only been in the job for what, kind of seven, eight months? But because it's Arsenal, and because as Tottenham fans we hold this kind of expectation that you know, especially being the home side against them, who they're not a great team, we want to see Spurs take the game to them. But like Jay says, there you don't feel at the moment it's in Mourinho's makeup with a team he's got to do that.
4: I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a defining one for his time i suppose because at the end of the day he's on a massive contract and we're not like we're gonna sack him just because we lost against arsenal or anything like that but i think amongst the fans it it's 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 going to be an interesting one to see because really i think like the the counter-attacking football could work it it could work especially because if you got a team like arsenal's who are going to attack us a lot more than, say, say Bournemouth or so another team might have done, Everton would have done. It gives us that, that a bit more breathing space when going at the defenders because we know that they've got a weak defence as well. Um, just unfortunately, we have to watch out for Saka because it seems to be Saka FC right now. The guy, the guy's providing assist left, right and centre and I'm just worried that the, the defence can't seem to handle the way Arsenal will attack because I think it's very similar to how Sheffield scored against us. Every single time it was it was run to the byline and drag it back and score. And that's 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 like a no, notorious Arsenal move. It's what Wenger used to do with them all the time. So if Saka can get in and around Davies or Aurea and then just drag it back in for Bamiang and Lacazette, it, we're going to have a torrid time against them. But just going on the mentality of the team, I, I, I do believe that they they're going to be up for this game. I think they have to, especially after the Bournemouth game. Um, and someone like Kane we, we all know how how good he is in, in, in a North London derby he's almost guaranteed to score in every single one of them I think he's going to have to start a, a, and be that leader up top and just trying to get the whole team riled up from outfield because I, I think there's only so much Lloris can do in goal um, and I think they all need to step up their game and, and I think they will but it's going to be so 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 hard to, to break down a team that is full of confidence right now
2: they are, they are. And you bear in mind for Spurs, they're still out. Eric Dier. We know Dele Ali's going to miss the game as well. Yeah. One fourth, 4 if also had injured. But just on Tanganga, we have seen some training pictures emerge on Friday that he does look to be back in some form of training. Whether he is going to play a part in this season still remains to be seen. Rosk, let's come round to you. I mean, Arsenal, Callum Chambers, Brandeno, Gabriel Martinelli are all out. They've got Pablo Mari, Amazet Ozil also missing with an injury and he could maybe, a game with Ozil, it, it maybe could be an option, but though Matteo Guendouzi is out of the picture due to disciplinary issues, how confident are you we're going to see a reaction here, Ross? Because you do feel the club itself, fans, we need a lift. We need to see something from this Spurs side to kind of salvage what's been a really, really poor season.
5: I hope we do see a, see a response. I think, I think the team's got to prove it to us that you know, they are a good team. Um, you know, we've got the quality. But we need to, We need to. They need to actually prove it to us that you know they are. They can do something. You know, and um, to be fair, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm finding it hard. Like literally, just off the back of the, you know, the draw. It's like, come on. Like I don't know. I don't know what, what what's going to come after this. But I'm hoping, especially with Kane as well. My thing with with Kane, the last few games, he's played. He's played really deep, man. And it's like, that's not what he's meant to be playing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like seeing him seeing him go in those positions. I, We've got no striker up front. So then, I I don't know. We'll see how deep they push us.
2: As Spurs fans, we want to see Kane. I think, as George mentioned earlier, right up the top. And again, I I totally agree with what George said earlier, that with Delhi Alley, when Delhi plays off Kane, it's a completely different Harry Kane. I totally agree that we are missing Delhi Alli in the form of it. So much helps Harry Kane have that space to create the chances to score. And we are going to need to actually shoot to score. That That's a fact. So we are going to have to create more than what we did against Bournemouth and what we did against Sheffield United. Now, before I get your guys' predictions, just want to take some final listener questions. I'll come round to you, Ross, for the first one. This is from Mifo Money at Mifo Problems. It says, surely more demoralising to be playing senior players through this inconsequential period why not play youngsters and start really focusing on what our blueprint will be for next season? Now, maybe you'd argue against Arsenal, he won't play the youngsters. But, for example, would you like to see, between now and the end of the season, Rosh, Session get a chance, Harvey White, Dennis Serkin? I mean, do you want to see more youth players being given a chance at Tottenham? Because we haven't been good enough from a senior perspective in terms of the players at the moment.
5: Yeah, I think they definitely need a chance now. I think they definitely do. I think he's um Jose was talking really highly about Serkin, wasn't he um in the, um, one of I think it was last last press conference or the press conference before um the game. So is I think they definitely need they definitely do need a chance. To mix it up I feel like the guys the guys that are playing at the moment some something's going on and I think we need to just mix it up and show that their spaces can be they can be replaced. That's what I think needs to be needs to happen over, over the next few games.
2: OK, fantastic. I hope we answered your question there, Fro Scott. George, it's come round to you. Question here from Spurs 6876, who says, Who in this squad would you genuinely keep if you could get rid of as many players as you wanted? Sun, Kane, Bergwijn, LaCell, So Undumbele, possibly. He says, I would not be sad to see anyone else leave the club. The rebuild is bigger than what Pochettino thought to begin with. George, who for you survives the overhaul come the summer and who would you, yeah, look to get rid of?
4: Oh, it's definitely going to be a huge overhaul. Um, I think I would also probably say Lloris, if we're being realistic as well. I think he's he's shown enough for me since coming back from injury that he can still have his position, but we do really need to look at his future replacement in someone like maybe Onana from Ajax. I think that would be a perfect replacement someone who's young, but also very experienced in in, in Europe at such a young age. But I think regarding next season, I think Lloris for another year would still be fine. In the defence, to be honest with you, the only ones that I'd say we keep are like the youngsters like Tanganga and, and, and Sanchez. Maybe Sanchez just, but, just because we'd need the numbers. But as a first 11, I, I think the whole of the, the defence, we can get new people in. We need a defensive midfielder. Um, and I don't think any other midfielders apart from Ndombele and Lo Celso are up to scratch um, in our squad right now. And then, yeah, I think the front three of Sun, Kane and Bergvine are pretty much the ones I, I'll keep.
2: Ahead of this game... Then come round round to you, Rosk. Does Undumbelé get more than just a half? Would you actually give him his first start since the full break against Arsenal? What do you think? Did you see enough of him against Bournemouth to say, "Look, Jar, we're going to start you in the North London Derby"? What do you think?
5: I think so. I need. I think we need to start this game off heavy, and I feel that like he's he's the guy that will drive us forward way more. So I, I definitely, I definitely feel yeah. I feel that he should get his chance against Arsenal on Sunday. Time for
2: predictions. Ahead of the game against Arsenal, Jay, which now feels like already it's always a massive fixture, the biggest one on the calendar. When it's home, unfortunately, as fans we can't be there to watch them. What are you expecting, Jay, in terms of a result, and will it boost our morale? Please say it will boost our morale.
3: <laughs> um, oh mate, I hate doing predictions, especially after after yesterday, because um, yeah, I went on Chris Cowlin's show after uh, before the game and uh, predicted a three-nil win. So uh, yeah, I've not been uh, not been the best in terms of predictions. <laughs> Blimey, right, I mean, um, it's yeah, it's it's a really difficult one. I think it will be a draw. I'm going to go for one all, um, just because yeah, I'm yeah one all. I think I was I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that because otherwise I could go into a bit of a run. I don't want to, but yeah, okay.
2: one all, one all, which doesn't really help us. Let's come round to you then, George. What do you think? Can we somehow salvage a win and have something left of a season than what we've had so far?
4: I think the only way we get a win is if we somehow get a bit of a bit of luck on our side for once.
2: Another, another <laughs> own goal. Side. Another own goal. I think own goals have been our record record side yeah. so far.
4: Yeah, own goals. I'll take uh, another Louise Red. Um, I'll take another uh, offside goal that wasn't offside for Arsenal, something like that. Um, but no, in 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 serious, I, I think it's a draw as well. I think two all. Two all. I'm, I'm surprised we would score that many, actually. But yeah, I'd say two all.
2: OK, rosca has got to break this trend because he's got a debut here and we want to invite
5: Ross back at some point. Ross, <laughs> are we going to get more than just a draw? What do you think? I was thinking about one nil, but I'm I, I am leaning towards a draw. But I'm saying one nil. Okay. I'm saying one nil. I, I think there will be definitely some VAR action in there as well. So, percent um, oh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I reckon we can, we can we can we can nick
2: a one 0 Come on, it's Tottenham's biggest highlight of the season. Biggest contributor oh, is VAR. I'm not so VAR lie, Ricky, be there. Ricky.
3: Go, ahead, Jay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna I, I'm actually gonna go. For, I'm, look, I want to be confident. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change my prediction. I'm gonna go for a one nil as well. I think this is, as yes. again, it's, it's that sort of game Hold where... Hold on I,
2: a second, really...
3: boys. What's going on here? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, no, we haven't just
2: signed anyone, have we? What's happened here? Have we seen the news? This is a, I've just seen a young no, a young you, Turkish no, centre-back. Is that happened. what's happened?
3: <laughs> we got, got Messi at number 10. What's going on now? <laughs> <laughs> look, we want to give everyone look, a bit of positivity at home. We do. It's been very difficult to win Spurs. But look, this is the sort of game, as I said, that maybe Jose Mourinho does live for these sort of occasions especially against Arsenal. And you, you can see the way he's going to be very pragmatic in the way he sets up. And, um, yeah, let's see. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to change for 1-0 Spurs. Spurs. Oh, you go okay. gone
4: then. You've, cha- you've changed my mind. Let's go 4-0 <laughs> Spurs.
2: Come on, <laughs> Spurs. Oh, <come> on. <laughs> I've never had this before. Everyone changing predictions. Maybe it's, it's just <laughs> Arsenal. Maybe we just genuinely believe we, we can try and do something here. I was actually going to say 2-1 Spurs before the boys yeah, gave their original Spurs. prediction. So, going to go for 2-1 Spurs. So, somehow, on the back of what's been, let's be honest, a horrendous week in terms of results and performances, we genuinely feel Tottenham are going to get a result against Arsenal in North London Derby, which means that when we return for Sunday show, we're going to all feel a bit better. Now, before we go, I've got to say, George, you've started up a new YouTube channel. Do you want to give that a quick shout-out, George, what you've got? Yeah,
4: so I'm obviously doing my normal vlogs on my channel and the streams right now since I can't go to the games. But other than that, I've set up a new channel called Offsiders, which is like a, with five other football YouTubers as well, just making football content that no one else seems to be doing out there right now. So, fun new project to just check out on YouTube.
2: Fantastic, and like I say, you can find a link to George, he'll be on, obviously, on our Twitter, we'll tag him in, so just follow George's content for more of the great stuff he does now. Also, Ross, bit of a crazy day for you, you've had to come on and try and analyse Tottenham, and you've also got a single out as well, I mean, God, your life's crazy at the moment.
5: Yeah, it is actually, yeah, so um, yeah, I've got a new single out with a good friend of mine called LR Groove, it's called Colossal, it's um, it's like a house, Caribbean sort of vibe, um, which came out yeah today, and um, yeah, once you finish listening to this on Spotify, go and go and check that out as well.
2: Fantastic. Brilliant. And I'll say also, Ros will be tagged in our Twitter. So you'll be able to find out there. And Jay's just going to carry on with me for the rest of the season. Try and work out where this Spurs side is going, Jay, aren't we? We're going to try. We can't promise, but we'll try.
3: You know, I tried to follow Jason and hand in my recognition, but unfortunately it was rejected. So, yeah, unfortunately I've got to stick around. But no, no, no seriously. I mean, We've yeah, had more transfer
2: um, requests than what we'll Spurs see. have had in the last 18 months, and that's <laughs> well, a bit yeah, difficult I one. I wasn't sure about that. Well, You're yeah, i right. but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Guys, listen, keep the faith. We are back on Sunday looking back on a North London derby where hopefully Spurs are going to beat the Arsenal. Keep safe. And as always, come on, you Spurs!
1: Yes, Harry Kane.
2: Kane goes for that!
0: got that is never he wanted better than that Sports Social Podcast Network